What is up, everybody? You're tuning in to Sports Talk Today with JJ. My name is Jason Joseph. If you're new to my channel, and if you're tuning into this podcast on YouTube, please make sure that you do the following. Like this podcast, subscribe to my channel, and hit that notification bell icon if you haven't done so already so that you know when I upload a new podcast. Also, feel free to comment down below in the comment section because, look, all right, I'm going to make this apology in advance. iHeartRadio, I'm really sorry that you have to hear this because as much as I do love listening to you and your music, I really do. It is so good. You guys do such a great job, and your music is just so awesome. But I heart sports talk even more. I just do. I'm really sorry. I just love sports talk so much. It's my passion. It's what I live for, and I just love, 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 love sports talk. <laughs> but jokes aside, please comment if you feel like doing so and keeping that sports talk going. And oh, by the way, if you are listening to me on Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, be sure to follow me and leave me a review and email sportstalkwithjj at gmail.com in order to reach out and talk to me more about some sports or if you just have any questions and you just want to reach out, please feel free to do so. I love talking about whatever it is that's on your mind. All right, so now that I got that over with, let's just dive straight into this, okay? No, I did not have any sort of coffee today or tea or anything like that. I did have two eggs today, two easy over heart center eggs, just to be specific. But, oh my gosh, I am so happy. I can't, I can't express my happiness enough. I am so excited that we are going to be having some baseball. Ah, it's so exciting. I am just so excited, and I've been wanting to talk about this for the past couple of days, but there is going to be a baseball season, and I'm just so pumped. Oh my gosh, it's just so happy. I'm I'm, I'm so happy. I, I can't even like put it into words of how happy I am that we're actually going to have a baseball season. Wow, <laughs> just to say that and have that roll off the tip of my tongue, it's just beautiful. <laughs> Nothing makes me more happier than that. And look, it took the Players Association and the owners 10 tries to come up with some sort of an agreement. And even the commissioner, Rob Manfred, had to step in on like the eighth try, I believe. And it's just been a back and forth conversation between the Players Association and the owners because they can't figure out how many games they're going to be playing and how the money is going to work out with the prorated salaries and even not even just the money, but also the, you know, the health risks and all that other stuff too. And it was just a whole debacle. Nobody could seem to be on the same page. But the bottom line is that there is going to be for certain a major league baseball season. The wait is over and the suspense is over. We're going to have baseball. Let's go. <laughs> oh man oh i just had to get that off my chest i you know i guess that 10 i don't really know if 10 is like some sort of a magic number i can't really think about many things that 10 symbolizes i know that we have the 10 commandments and that was where god was on Mount Sinai and he gave the 10 commandments to Moses and all that and in Judaism we have 10 people in order to fulfill a minion or a service you know that those are like the only two things I can think about with 10 
But um, I'm trying to think of some more things. <laughs> I know that that my dad, he's a San Francisco Giants fan, and the Giants won the World Series 10 years ago in 2010 by beating the Texas Rangers. So I don't know. Maybe this just worked out in his favor. Maybe it was meant to be because of my dad. I don't know. I like to think that maybe this was meant to be because I played a role into this because, look, my birthday is on August 10th. Is that a sign? I don't know. Maybe Rob Manfred and the and everybody just said, look, we're just going to get this done for Jason Joseph because we know that he wants to have a Major League Baseball season in the worst way. So maybe I was like the good luck charm. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> but the bottom line is that we're going to be having some baseball. It just doesn't even feel real. So th- th- there's a ton of things to talk about and to dive in as to what is going to be happening this season that we know about so far. But I have to address this first, okay? If you listened to my last podcast, you guys probably heard me preach to the choir about how scary the coronavirus is and how that is going to affect the NBA once that season resumes. Look, the virus is very scary. We all know that. The health and the safety of the players, the managers, the first and third base coaches, and the foul ball boys, and the medical staff, and all those people who are involved, not even just in the game of baseball, but outside of the game of baseball, that their health is vital, okay? Forget about the money and forget about the salaries for a second. All that stuff comes afterward. If there is another season outbreak, then guess what? The money just isn't going to matter as much compared to everyone's health and wellness. It, it, it just doesn't. Adhering to the guidelines set by the league and the medical professionals and the CVC takes over playing baseball and how much money everyone is going to make. And look, everybody understands that someone is going to catch the virus at some point. There's no denying that. Okay, Charlie Blackman for the Colorado Rockies already got tested positive this week. And it was also reported that a few other players from the Boston Red Sox, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Detroit Tigers, the LA Angels, and the Minnesota Twins all got tested positive for coronavirus. Even some of the staff members did too. So already we have been seeing people get tested positive for this and the spring training 2.0 hasn't even started yet. I'm highly expecting that once string training 2.0 is going to start, that there's definitely going to be people who test positive. It's very sad to say, but you know, it, it's reality. It's, it's the truth. Even if you look at golf, which isn't a team sport, they're social distancing and taking whatever protocol that they have to do from the CVC and from the medical experts and from the people within the league. And guess what? You know, some of them have already gotten COVID-19. We just still see it. At this point, it just really shouldn't be as much of a shock anymore. I think everybody understands what's going to happen to the players. And for as for the players themselves, they know what to expect as to what kind of animal they're going to be dealing with once they return to play. And that everything just needs to be taken so seriously. I'm just scared, though, because people think that if a player gets tested positive, then they're eventually going to be okay and they're going to be able to get back onto the field and it's just going to be like an injury, you know, like a hamstring injury or like if somebody breaks their finger, something like that, they're going to be able to recover safely and be able to get back onto the field in no time. Okay, look, the virus is still new and we've seen a lot of people recover, but here in America specifically, we've already unfortunately seen thousands upon thousands of people die 
from COVID-19. And we don't even know what the long-term effects are going to be after someone gets over these symptoms. That, to me, is the most concerning part about the virus. So I'm hoping that the people who do get it, obviously I'm hoping that they recover, but I'm also highly praying that it won't affect them in the long run and that they don't have to suffer from any sort of long-term issues that could put their lives at risk because that would be just as horrible, if not worse. It's just a tough battle because people want to move on with their lives and go back to work, and I totally get that. You can't just live your life in fear because if that was honestly the case, then we might not even see baseball, and not even just baseball, but sports in general or music concerts or just any sort of large gatherings for at least the next couple of years. People want to and and should be able to live their lives to the fullest degree that they can, but The whole thing is just, it's just so tough and it's just so frustrating because safety, not even just for ourselves, but for our loved ones just matters so much. And it's just very challenging times and a lot of people are dealing with so much stuff and these times are just very rough. There are so many hypothetical scenarios and I don't even want to go into it when it comes to just talking about baseball and the return to play. It's just not worth it really. I I will say though that the guidelines that are in place I am going to quote Jeff Passan, who works for ESPN, because he's a very reliable source when it comes to talking about baseball. And he stated that about 1,800 players are going to be attending spring training 2.0, and that the league personnel and medical officials are going to have to be screened. And at the screening, players will submit saliva for the PCR test and blood for the antibody test. And COVID positive players could number 25, 50, 100, or even more. But those who do test positive via the PCR test, they're immediately going to be isolated until they fulfill certain measures. And here are the measures, okay? Measure number one, two negative COVID-19 tests are going to have to be taken at least 24 hours apart. Number two, no fever has to be shown for at least 72 hours while not using fever-suppressing medicine and no respiratory symptoms as judged by a doctor or a team medical staff. And three, the team physician and a joint committee consisting of two doctors and one non-medical representative from MLB and the Players Association deem that the person does not pose a risk of spreading infection. Wow, that is really a lot to process. For those of you that don't know what the PCR test is, it's a test that determines whether or not someone currently has COVID-19. And then, of course, there's the antibody test, and that shows if someone was exposed to it in the past. But just by reading this for like the 12th time, literally, it's been the 12th time that I've actually looked at this. This is just a lot for me to process. I did state in my previous podcast, but I am going to say this once again. These are just unprecedented times. It's just crazy to say this, but during this time, we expect the unexpected. Really, that's become the new normal, expecting the unexpected. We had a virtual NFL and Major League Baseball draft, and the new collective bargaining agreement was going to be up for Major League Baseball next season, and I personally thought that maybe there would be a lockout next season because of that, but that was even before the pandemic occurred, and now we've seen with the relationship between the owners, the commissioner, and the players union, that that relationship that they have with each other, and once the season is going to be over... If they do finish out, what's going to happen next season as far as a new CBA goes? The questions just go on and on and on. But look, (laughs) all right, 
I am so proud to say that we've made it this far. It is really a blessing that Major League Baseball is going to have a season. I actually didn't even know if we were going to even have a Major League Baseball season. It got to that point where I just didn't even know. And how bad of a look would that have been if baseball didn't come back and the NBA and the NHL and the other sports did? A lot of people consider baseball to be a dying sport. And if baseball was a no-show, that would have been horrible for the commissioner and for the, the whole league. Really. There are so many other uncertainties that we still don't know about. And that includes if and how many fans are going to be allowed back at the stadiums once the teams are going to be playing and what those kinds of protocols are going to look like. But let's just go over the things that we do know that are certain as of right now. We know that as far as scheduling goes, Spring Training 2.0 will start on July 1st, and the regular season will either begin on July 23rd or the 24th and will consist of approximately 60 games over the span of 66 days. Wow, that's a lot of baseball. There's like no time off. For pitchers, that's a lot for them because for starting pitchers, they get about four to five days off after they pitch, but it's just going to be very interesting to see if managers were to stick to a five-man rotation because of that. I actually wouldn't be surprised if some of the managers were to have a six or even a seven-man rotation to allow their players to rest up and keep their arms healthy, or maybe they would just allow that pitcher to skip their next start and push back their day of coming back, and maybe they'll return the next day instead of making their next scheduled start. It's just a lot to think about. If a play, if a pitcher throws 120 pitches and he threw eight innings during his last outing, maybe we could see a scenario like that happen. And then you're going to have to be providing more work for the bullpen to come in because the managers are going to have to figure out who to put in and who to rest on certain days. And it just all depends on the scenarios. And that just goes without any sort of injuries or if the players get tested positive and they're going to have to be missing some time. That's just without those protocols. So right off the top of the bat, that really is a lot to think about and it's a lot to process. Here are some other numbers that I want to throw at you. 40 and 20. So once the regular season begins, 40 of the 60 games that these teams are going to play in are going to be them facing their divisional opponents. And then the other 20 games are going to be against interleague divisional opponents. Some of that might sound like jargon. I'm going to provide an example and give you some more details about this. Okay, so in baseball, you have the American League teams and you have the National League teams. In the American League and in the National League, you have 15 teams and both of them together make 30 teams. You also have three divisions in both leagues. You have the East, the Central, and the Western Division. So there's the National League East, the National League Central, and the National League West Divisions. And then in the American League, you have the American League East, the American League Central, and the American League West. Let's just look at an American League team in the East Division, like the Boston Red Sox. Okay, so in that division, besides the Red Sox, you have the New York Yankees, the Toronto Blue Jays, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Baltimore Orioles. 40 of the games that the Red Sox are going to have to play include all of those teams within their division. Between the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Orioles, the Red Sox are going to have to play 40 games between those teams. And then the other 20 games are going to include the teams that are in the opposite league in 
that same East division. So they're going to have to play the National League East teams, and that might be the Philadelphia Phillies, the Atlanta Braves, the Washington Nationals, the Miami Marlins, or the New York Mets. So any of those teams, there's going to be 20 games that the Red Sox are going to have to play between them. And that makes a lot of sense because they want to reduce the amount of travel these teams are going to have to deal with. So they don't want the Boston Red Sox to fly to LA to play the LA Angels and then all of a sudden come back for a home game and face the Minnesota Twins because they want to reduce the amount of travel for exposure for the virus. And that makes a lot of sense. So each team will eventually have their own regular season schedule released shortly. And by shortly, I mean within the next couple of weeks because the regular season starts back up in about less than a month. But here's another interesting rule that I'm going to talk about. Every team will have a designated hitter. What is a designated hitter? So for those of you that don't know what a designated hitter is, or an abbreviation of that is called a DH, in the National League, the pitchers hit in the lineup. So you have the starting lineup where you have the first baseman, the second baseman, the third baseman, and the shortstop, and all the other field position players, they all hit in that lineup. And the pitcher is also supposed to hit two. But in the American League, instead of having the pitcher bat in the lineup, they have what they call a designated hitter. So he hits in the pitcher's spot, and all he does is just hit for the pitcher. He doesn't play any sort of a field position. He's just hitting for the pitcher. They usually have that at the American League ballparks. So like a Fenway Park where the Boston Red Sox play, and all of those other ballparks. But if a game is at a National League ballpark, then the pitcher has to hit. So right now, the pitchers aren't going to have to hit. And instead, there's going to be a designated hitter in their spot. And that actually makes things a little bit more interesting. And I think that that makes it easier for the managers because when you have a designated hitter, usually the designated hitters are really good hitters. And the pitchers aren't necessarily good hitters, which you would think is like kind of weird, but that is just how it is. A lot of pitchers have a hard time hitting. If there was a scenario like in the bottom of the seventh inning where you have a runner on first and second and that team is down by two runs, and there's two outs, well, you don't want your pitcher to come up to bat in that scenario because you want to be able to knock in those runs, and you want to be able to do that with two outs because you might not have that opportunity ever again throughout the game. So what they'll do is they'll put in a pinch hitter, which is a hitter who comes off the bench, and he substitutes the pitcher, and after that happens, whether or not he gets on base or if he makes an out, once that occurs the manager has to make another substitution and put somebody in relief for that pitcher to come out of the bullpen because obviously the batters can't pitch. I think that that's actually going to make it a lot easier for the managers to make those kinds of decisions and they don't have to worry about taking their starting pitcher out because the starting pitcher, it might be like a one to nothing game and they might be doing such a great job. And if there's a scenario where there's a runner at second and it's about to be a tie game and it's late in the game, you don't want to have to take your starting pitcher out if you don't have to. And now with the designated hitter, you're not going to have to make any sort of replacements or substitutions. So I think that that's going to work out in the managers and in the team's favor, really. Here's something that I really don't like at all whatsoever. That's going to be another rule change that they implement once the season starts back up. So the standard amount of innings that are played during a baseball game are nine innings. And if a game is tied, then they just go into extra innings. Now, usually what happens is that 
Throughout the game, you have nobody on and nobody out once the inning starts, whether it's the top half of the inning or the bottom half of the inning. If the away team is batting and it's in the top of the first inning, there's nobody on and there's nobody out to start the game and to start the inning. But And then once the batting team makes three outs, then in the bottom half of the inning, then it's the same thing. Nobody on, nobody out, the batting team comes up, and that's just how it's played throughout the whole game. But now what they're trying to do in extra innings, once the game exceeds nine innings, and if the game happens to be tied at that point, in the start of the 10th inning, instead of having nobody on with nobody out, the scenario is going to be nobody out with a runner on second base. That means that the last player who was out during the previous inning is going to have to be standing at second base. So if Bryce Harper for the Philadelphia Phillies made the last out in the bottom of the ninth inning, guess what? In the bottom of the 10th inning, he's going to be at second base, and the next batter who's up in the lineup is going to come up at that point. And look, I get it. Nobody wants to see a seven-hour baseball game, right? A lot of people get bored of watching it, and maybe your grandpa is screaming in the background, what is going on in this game, and why isn't this over already? In my opinion, baseball is all about strategy. And with this, now you're building up more pressure on the pitchers and the defensive alignment and give the hitters an even bigger advantage to have an opportunity to hit a single on the first pitch and win the game just like that. There's like no room at all for the defense or the pitchers to make any sort of a mistake. It could even be the softest hit and that could drive in the game winning run. And really, is that the pitcher's fault if they lost the game because of that? Wasn't like... The batter hit a home run or people had a couple of hard hits on him in the bottom of that inning. And it's just, I don't know if I like that. That also means that if a team is down by two runs, like if it's an eight to six game and it's in the bottom of the 10th, one swing of the bat could be a leadoff two run home run. (laughs) It just sounds so silly because that's never been done before because when the inning starts, it's nobody on with nobody out. So a solo home run is only one run. Now, you have the option of having a two-run home run off the first pitch in that inning. That's just ridiculous to me. I just don't like that. I'm not a fan of it. And that even puts more pressure on the manager to think about what pitcher they should put in to come in for the next inning because of that new situation. It's just so much more to think about. I really don't like that. Now, because there aren't going to be many fans in the stands or potentially any fans at all. Thankfully, that won't put more pressure on the pitchers too, because can you imagine it's the bottom of the 10th inning and it's still a tied game. And not only do you have a runner on second with no one out, but the fans are screaming and the music is so loud, it's deafening. And you have to be able to focus on that too. That just puts more pressure on the whole scenario. That would really be horrible. And I think that maybe they implemented this new rule because there are no fans there. But still, that is just, I'm not a big fan of it. Now, on the other side of things, let's just say that the team that's up to bat in this scenario doesn't drive in a single run. Okay, there's a runner on second with nobody out, and that starts the inning. And then all of a sudden, the pitcher gets out of this jam and the offense can't provide any sort of runs. That's going to make them look more foolish, if anything. And I don't know if I like that either. It's also not like the runner is at first and there's no sort of a double play depth. The batter could easily bunt the base runner over to third base and win on an RBI ground out without getting any sort of a hit. 
how's that fair? How's that the pitcher's fault? How's that the defense's fault? I, I just, I, I don't like it. If anything, I just really feel bad for the pitchers. Now, I guess you could say that the only nice thing about this and the thing that is kind of beneficial is that this doesn't make the game drag on longer. And because of that, there aren't going to be as many substitutions or pitching changes that are going to be made. The pitchers will be able to get more rest that way instead of having a pitcher pitch in the 17th inning. And that was the 12th pitcher that you already used during the game. That's like the only benefit I see from this rule change. But overall, I'm really not a fan of this. I just don't like it at all whatsoever. But let's just talk about the money ball side of things. Besides health, that was also the biggest issue that no one could come to terms with and agree on. As of right now, during these 60 games, the players are going to be earning about 37% of their 162-game salary. Now, they play 162 games in a full season, so I guess that that makes sense. That means if it was a full season, a player like Mike Trout, who was supposed to get about $38 million, he's now going to be earning 37% of that salary and is going to earn $14 million instead of the 38. And that's about a third of what he was supposed to get. Also, players like Eric Cole, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, and Nolan Arenado, who were supposed to get over $35 million this season, they're roughly going to earn about $13 million. Let's just look at this from both sides, right? I feel like the owners are very happy about this because they don't have to spend a lot of dimes out of their pockets to pay these players their full prorated salaries on top of losing all this revenue that they lost just from games not being played. And look, from the player's side, they're not getting nothing, okay? They're getting about a third of their salary in only 60 games, and that's really fair. They should be happy because a lot of people have been laid off and are out of jobs because of this pandemic. And it sucks for them because they're not making anything, and instead they're losing money. And compared to athletes and these guys, they're making a lot of money and they're already set for life. The only people that I feel bad for are the people who are on rookie deals or have a $1 million deal before this whole pandemic occurred. They're only going to be getting about a few thousand. But yet again... This isn't an 162-game season, it's only 60 games, and these players might not even be playing every single day. They might be off for three days, and they might not get a lot of playing time. So I don't know, I just think that this is another perspective to look into, and it'll be so interesting to see how this is all going to work out. We don't know what's going to happen, if there's going to be another outbreak, and what's going to happen to the players as far as earning their full salary. That's obviously to be determined if that happens, but let's just cross that road if we have to go down that path, okay? <laughs> There's just a lot to deal with right now, and let's think about that situation more if it comes up. How about this new draft class? They're going to be able to go to spring training with their teams. This is going to be very fascinating because we've never seen a player drafted and participate in spring training the same year that they got drafted. That's going to be fun to watch. And it will also make the competition of who makes this roster during the regular season more competitive. Will we see guys like Spencer Torkelson, Asa Lacey, Patrick Bailey, or even Mick Abel 
excel in spring training and actually make the regular season roster without having to work their way up through the minor league system? I highly doubt it, but hey, it is possible. We have seen guys like Brandon Finnegan, who was drafted in 2015. He was able to pitch in the World Series that same year for the Kansas City Royals. But that's just super rare. I don't know, though. But look, anything is possible at this point. (laughs) We also don't know what the postseason format is going to look like and if whether or not some of these teams are going to be able to play at their home Major League Baseball stadiums or they're going to have to move to a minor league facility because of a potential outbreak of the coronavirus. Those are other things that are going to have to be determined. It's just going to be so fascinating to see how this all plays out. I know that Tony Clark, who is the president of the Players Association, has not ruled out the 16-team playoff format scenario. So we're going to have to see. I think that what they're trying to do is they're trying to make the playoffs work like it has in the previous eight years. And that's where they have the wild card teams and the the people who are at the top of the division, they make it to the playoffs. And then you have the two wild card teams who battle it out in a one-on-one wild card game. And then they play in the first round in the MLB division series. So we're going to have to see how that works out too. I'm also curious because a good season for Bryce Harper or a player like Mike Trout is if they bat like over 350 and they hit over 20 home runs, where usually in a regular season, there's 162 games and these players' regular batting average would be 330 home runs and over 100 RBIs. So the statistics and how the standings are going to look, it's just going to be so weird. You look at the previous years, like in the 2019 season, where you see the New York Yankees win over 100 games, and now they could have the best record in the 2020 season and only win 40 games because of the condensed season. So that's just another thing just to get used to. There are a lot of other things to talk about with this, but the bottom line is that we're going to have a Major League Baseball season, and I am just so happy. I can't explain that enough. I am so happy that we're going to have baseball. I'm hoping that this is all going to work out and that there's not going to be another outbreak. There are just so many questions, but those are the things that I know of so far. And I'm excited. I'm so pumped. I'm happy that I'm going to be able to look at my TV and I'm going to be able to watch a live sport, not a rerun of a sports game that has already occurred and we already know what the outcome is. It's going to be a brand new game, a brand new season, and I'm just so excited to see what's going to happen. I hope that this works out. I hope that there's not another outbreak and that things are going to be working accordingly, but there's just so much to look forward to. Like I said earlier, people are going to be tested positive for COVID-19, and that's just something that we're going to have to deal with. I just hope that that's not going to affect them in the long run and that they're going to be able to return soon. I also kind of forgot to mention that there is going to be a COVID-19 list. So they have the injured list and the people who are not eligible to play because of an injury. They have the 15-day injured list, and then they now they have a 45-game injured list instead of having the 60-game injured list. But now they have a separate list for the players that get diagnosed with COVID-19. And I would expect that they're going to be out for at least 10 to 14 days 
but we'll just have to see. There's going to be more to unravel, so much more to dive into in the next coming weeks. But on that note, before I sign off, how are you guys feeling about this return of the Major League Baseball season? Are you guys excited? Are you guys concerned? Are you scared? Are you thrilled? Are you anxious about it? Please let me know if you're listening to me on YouTube in the comments below. And if you guys are listening to me on Spotify, Anchor, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, please leave me a review and email sportstalkwithjj at gmail.com and let me know what your thoughts are on this whole situation. Thank you guys for tuning in. My name is Jason Joseph. This is Sports Talk of the Day with JJ, and I hope you all have a great rest of your day.